Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome. Hello. Um, yeah, it's, it's another show. Another show. I've made it this far. My ratings and reviews are coming through on iTunes and making me really, really happy. So I'm really, really pleased about that. Thank you so, so much if you have left a review. I'm going to read a couple of them out um, because it's episode eight and that's like two months of me doing this and it's gone far better than I uh, or probably anyone else could have imagined really which started off as a little idea and it's grown and it's become quite popular and and, and much loved so thanks very much for for being a part of it um yeah i'm gonna read out a couple of reviews uh five stars i love it love the idea a breath of fresh air to listen to make sure you subscribe i did that's from young free and coupled so uh whoever you are thank you so so much for that review uh the podcast is something i could listen to for hours the idea is great defo worth a subscribe that's from interested listener one thanks very much if that was you that left that that was a that was a nice review to to read um uh yeah uh Carrie Sims, Carrie Sims, yeah, Carrie Sims, Carrie Sims. That Mr. Christopher, I could listen to for hours. Can't wait for more. That's nice. I'm glad my voice isn't isn't that annoying. My dulcet Essex tones. So yeah. Anyway, like I said, it's episode eight, and I'm really pleased to bring to you today uh, an episode all about sustainability. Um, going back on on last week's episode, we 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 spoke about sustainable food and sustainable eating. Um, because you was supposed to have a guy called Matt, but I deleted his episode. I have been in touch with Matt and Matt is definitely up for recording again whenever he can. So that episode is not completely lost in its entirety. We will re-record that uh, and bring that to you because that, that was a really, really interesting one. But last week I brought to you a guy called Jose and Jose has a, a book out. It's called Venison um the, the game larder venison the game larder uh it's a series of books so there's going to be um one all about game birds um and one all about game that that has fur so like rabbits and stuff and uh yeah we, we spoke a lot about hunting it's it's ethics and morals and we've, we've had some really nice sort of reviews and comments back on that you know people saying it was really really interesting educational and informative it was different at the end of the day we we don't 
normally kind of go on uh, with the educational front. So far, we've we've just spoken to people and had conversations. But Jose's one. I knew Jose and I knew what he was all about. And I knew that he could bring some conversation that would maybe change people's perception of, of ethical hunting. Uh, and I strongly say ethical because I don't agree with every kind of, uh, of hunting out there. Um, but hunting for a sustainable and ethical source of food, I definitely do agree with. Um, so yeah if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to it it is a really long one Um, I do apologise about that but I could have literally just sat and listened to Jose all day we didn't speak about half the things um, I wanted to he, he's got a lot of other things going on in his life um, outside of the hunting world but 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 almost two hours just were eaten up and, and went by really really quick so we had a good laugh doing it and, and yeah it's been getting some really lovely reviews um, people you know that that maybe don't agree with hunting and, and and even eating meat have still been kind of giving it the nod as if to say you know it, it it was put across well so thanks very much we do like to see both sides of the fence so if you're a vegan or you're anti-hunting and you want to come on the show i invite you that's not a problem uh, but but today we've got a, a girl called victoria like us uh, like i said we're going to be talking about sustainable living um, which is it, it shouldn't have been really on the bounce of uh, of Jose's one, but um, it is. That's the way that the the orders kind of come about. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about sustainable living. So she she hails originally from Austria, and she she's been over in in the UK for a while, and she started to to strip back and uh, and and live a bit more of a sustainable uh, life. And I first discovered her from a video that I found and I'm going to post that video up for you now so you can watch that after you've listened to the episode or pause it if you need to go and watch the video it's not it's not overly long and uh, and then you can come back and you can listen to all about the girl that made the video so it's all about sustainable living um something I, I kind of don't know a lot about because I couldn't survive without my my iPhone without my my Mac computer I couldn't survive without my TV and my Netflix and all of that and and she lives a, a much more stripped back um, way of life which is interesting because she comes originally from the fashion industry which my perception of that industry is it's it's quite materialistic so yeah it was a really interesting conversation and uh, and she was one of the first proper strangers that I, I'd interviewed I guess I didn't know her from from anyone really. I saw a video, I liked it. I asked if she'd be on the show, uh, and I was really lucky that she said yes. And and fairly quickly, no time to really talk about it. I was sitting in her offices um, of where she works in London, and we were recording this episode. So uh, yeah, I'll get into that. But before, just dropping in the website again. It's thatmrchristopher.com. All my social media links are on there. But you can follow me on Twitter at thatmrchrist. You can send me an email podcast at that mr christopher.com you can get me on facebook facebook.com forward slash that mr christopher um i'm part of loads and loads of podcasting groups which is great because i get loads of reviews and comments and ideas of how to make the show better and uh, and ideas of who to get on the show as well if you've got any ideas do get in touch with me for any one of the means that i've just aforementioned um i want to hear who you think i should get on the show who you think would be interesting what types of people demographics etc um i've had a lot of requests for um mental health 
and uh, sex industry. So they're the two that I'm sort of looking for at the moment. I have found one or two people in both of those demographics that I'm going to be talking to and seeing if they want to uh, want to get on a show and share their experiences and their ideas, really. But yeah, if you've got anyone else that you think, yeah, I'd quite like to listen to a bit more about that, get a bit more of an education on that subject, drop me a line, let me know, and uh, and we'll try and make it happen. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, I think, really, for, for now. Um, oh, speaking of the Facebook groups, there's a lot of people, um, especially from the podcast community, have been asking me what my inspirations and ideas for the show. They've also kind of picked up on some of the bits and pieces that I've said um, in, in episodes, things like I, I come from a cooking background, I was a chef, um, and they're asking a bit more about me. Um, obviously, the podcast isn't about me. Uh, I don't really feature my face in it too much i have kind of plain artwork because it's not about me it's about the guests but if uh, if people are asking the questions i said that i'll answer them so um this is episode eight um and i'll tell you at the end of this episode who episode nine is going to be but i'm thinking i might be the guest on episode 10 and i might get someone to to interview me or i might just read out your questions um we'll see how it goes but um yeah drop me some questions if you've got anything for me um let me know i'll answer anything really so uh yeah don't be don't be too rude or anything but yeah get stuck in here's uh, here's the music and the start of the podcast goodbye i'm introducing you to normal people different lives husband brothers sisters wives might have a laugh might have a cry so if you've got the time just sit back can ramble as much as you yeah. like I, i've pressed record so yeah. um yeah so victoria thank you very much for having me over oh um, you're welcome because we're yeah we're, like you just said we're in chancery lane you're, we're at your work yeah. um you're a complete stranger to me i don't know you from from the next person really we've we've met very briefly in the big world of uh, the internet and uh, yeah had a little chat I don't really know anything about you I've looked at briefly at your website which I'll put a link to so as we go through people can have a little if they're interested they can click on and find out a little bit more about you and, and what you're doing and personally interested but yeah. what you're personally interested in isn't what you do for a living right no it is not to not. say that you don't like your job but <laughs> <laughs> no I love my job but I think it's uh, everyone has to have a passion project and that's what yeah. I'm doing I think that's what I've come to realize after graduating doing something that you love whilst sure. at your degree might not necessarily transfer into a full-time job and a lot of people do get really depressed about that but I just realized it's not the end it's sort of like realization of do what you love but you still got your weekends you still got yeah, your sure. time after work you've got your lunch breaks and it, that's, even yeah. to the degree like you say oh like I've said you've got a website for it yeah. so you know you you can make it a thing you know it doesn't just have to be like a, oh you know and in my spare time I do puzzles or yeah. play computer games like you can say like I'm going to take this seriously mm. see where it goes personally or professionally uh, and, and it's just there isn't it so it is. it's know. keeping the momentum up because you're so in such a you've 
got the gift of time whilst studying a degree that's what I realized when people say oh what do you actually do all the time and you spend so much money and you only go in three times a week or so but really what you get with the money you spend on a degree you get time and that's is a three years where you've got really to just chase your personal interests and sure. that's kind of what I've done and I realised most people spend that time drinking though yeah well and, you <laughs> I know, didn't go you to do... university for the exact reason that I thought I'd you did only a foundation yeah that's <laughs> called the foundation yeah okay. <laughs> um, and yeah you keep the momentum up um, and that's basically what I focus on now which is uh, self-sufficiency movements and off-grid living and general like living well yeah and kind of exploring different life scenarios so what i've done in my last year i traveled to off-grid movements in wales yeah and also i uh, spent a few weeks up in leicester near leicester on a self-sufficiency project which is a bit more urban and kind of what i've done there was to explore my personal quest of like what makes people happy and I kind of realised that having less and minimalising your belongings actually, you know, pays off in other ways. And I just wanted to find out for myself, okay, how do people live when they just completely neglect everything they've been taught since they were a little child? Like, you know, if consumerism, you have to have, you know, your nine-to-five job and you have to... um, buy things to be happy and kind of you get further and further away from nature and from the basics yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's something I kind of explored by talking to them how they managed to move between the city job and then you're in the farm on the farm you don't have phone signal you don't have a TV well, I mean, you don't live like that right I don't live like that at so the moment so is this something that is an interest uh, at the moment yeah okay. So is it, is it like a is an interest absolutely something interesting that you've observed mm. in others and thought hey that's something that's making them happy will yeah. it work for me or is it making you happy to document that because you you're a little bit it's a you mix know, you've of made both. sort of like a documentary film right? yeah I have yeah I have um, and so what I've done with it I kind of edited together the conversation I've had with people into a twenty minute documentary. Mm. But what I've realised in hindsight was I was so involved in learning myself about what's going on there that the documentary, in a sense, doesn't give the full picture at all. So that's something I just want to... I mean, yeah, it's do. 20 minutes. It's and, 20 and, and minutes. It bounces around in different locations yeah. and talks to a few different people. Absolutely. So it's not going to be any more than a mm. snapshot of... of maybe living that way of life and those people are so interesting you know it's not it's not your standard person you could have a whole film just about one character in there Mm, sure because of the whole life story they are very uh, individual yeah so they they walk their own path and that's something that I kind of want to do myself as well okay but find the happy medium because I was going to say how would you fit that in with I mean for context for people Mm -hmm. listening we're in Chancery Lane, the centre of London. You're not dressed like you're. You're not wearing a wheat skirt, yeah. and you haven't got pretty flowers and braids in your hair. You you look like any other person walking around Holborn Chancery Lane area. Mm. You're in digital marketing. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the happy medium then between living off grid as the people do in the documentary that you've made, and mm. what you, what I perceive you do in in everyday life now, which is live a very kind of normal city life. Yeah. 
Are you I'm, in London? I, you commuting? Out to guys, yeah, I'm commuting. But I think it's the main thing is taking breaks. That's what I realised. Right. It's like here, when you look around, it's non-stop. You have so many things to do, so many sure. opportunities. And what I kind of realised is I need to take time for myself. Uh-huh. And, you know, you have the whole mindfulness movement and meditation and yoga movement. Yeah. Which can also be a business. But, you know, it's not just a hip thing to do. It's kind of to really incorporate it and self-care, really. Okay. So I might be I might be posting on Instagram every day, but it's not I'm not on the platform all day every day doing an endless scroll. Yeah. And also using it not to envy people because that's a big thing with now the problem with social media is that you look at someone's life and you think it's perfect. Mm. And you look it's at it. It's what people want you to see, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, that's that's a huge part of why I, I decided to to do the podcast. Mm. It's because I was getting fed up of looking in my Facebook feed and Twitter feeds and mm. seeing either. either negativity, fake news, or just a vast cascade of bullshit that I just thought, that's not you, that's not... Mm, It's funny when you know the real person and then you see their social media and you realise, oh, hold on a minute, that person I know personally and doesn't live that life, but the person I idolise and don't know personally, it's not going to be that. It's going to be always the best moments of their lives. Sure, yeah. And at the end of the day, social media is a huge marketing tool, so you have to find your way of not falling for it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be without it. And I think mm. watching um, watching the, the kind of short snapshot of, of that off-grid, sustainable way of life that you did, they weren't fully off-grid, because I don't think that's really possible um, for, for many people. Yeah, I mean, the, the definition of off-grid is so they don't, they're not connected to an electricity grid, water grid, and sewage system. Okay. However, they build their own small-scale system, so they might have, you know, wind power, solar power. In the case of Wales, they had, like, um, hydropower. And they had their own sewage system in the sense of that they've got compost toilets. Okay. But yeah. so, like, strictly speaking, they were off the grid. Um, but they they chose to ha- still have the modern day, you know, amenities of stuff like internet, for example. That's a huge way of how they can promote their lifestyle. I was going to say, bring they, in yeah, some we're, we're talking right now about Lamas. Lamas, yeah. Eco Village so, Lamas, yeah. Lamas in Wales. Um, How else would I have found them? I found them because actually I found them for word of mouth for someone who was also travelling around whilst I was travelling around. But obviously I then resorted to Google and then contacted them via the website. But yeah, it's definitely a thing that you kind of have to find your way through the the, the whole, the vast social media world really. Because a lot of people just shout... (laughs) <laughs> so, like, when you want, when you're someone like me who's a bit more, you know, calmer and you know, mindful, and I don't like self-promotion, 
I do promotion for other clients, but I don't yeah. promote myself as such. Is finding that niche and find and also being satisfied with it. That's a whole deal as well. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I've also taken away from being at Lamas is just being satisfied with what you've got. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, just before we started this, I'd said you know a brief. That's what I did mm. as a career, and, and this is why I started the podcast. And it was a bit of a midlife crisis, and it was a case of getting to a stage where I've, I, I set up various businesses, and it was always chasing, I'd, I'd say money, but that was a scorecard or a benchmark of success mm. rather than I can buy stuff. Yeah, because it it's what you're told. Yeah, it was more of a because I was interested and yeah. personally interested in, in business and, and wanting to go off and say, well, I want to be successful. And, and that comes in loads of different guises, whether it's going to university and getting a first or whether it's doing a job and just doing it the best you can do. So I kind of got really caught up in just work, work, work mm. and started to not be satisfied because it was like, yeah, I'm just focusing on one thing. Um, and that's not to say that being in business or, or working for yourself or working for someone else, yeah, these, these are any, they're good or bad things. It mm. was uh, the, the bad thing was that I was losing focus of potential other things that could enter my life, you know, because I, I, I wasn't stopping. Mm. And uh, yeah, it, it sort of, I don't know, I just took a bit of a moment to have a breather and take stock and go, well, yeah, I've got a son that I could probably spend a bit more quality time well with. Yeah. And, you know, I've got friends coming out of my ears, but they're not really friends, they're more acquaintances, they're Facebook friends that, yeah. you know, they're people that I know, I've worked with, and haven't really gotten to know. And, and that was sort of... That's a big was. thing, isn't it? And, and it was just a case of, I want to live a bit more simply. I'm not going to start making my own clothes or, yeah. or, or wearing tie-dye. Um, it's just not going to happen for me. But because, I mean, that's what a lot of people think is really intimidating, the idea of, like, oh, you have, they are so happy, they're just living off the land. and But I, I could never do that. Right. So, and that's one thing and that I want... to radar no, or a goal for you. So. No, because I'm just... I know that I love being there, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see myself living there at the moment. Like, right now, it's just for me to explore different ways of life. There's so many other off-grid uh, developments, and, I mean, there's the whole tiny house movement, the van life movement, two things that I really, I'm really interested in, because, again, it's people scaling down, and just the whole sure. idea of just like having having less stuff and having less worries attached to it. Because okay. I mean, what is the biggest thing that worries people? Why? What keeps people in their their situations, whether it be jobs or living situations, is because they can't. They think then they might be homeless, or then they couldn't afford the certain things that society tells them they have to be able to afford. Yeah, okay. And then hearing stories about people who worked up the courage of doing it. And I mean, I know myself, I've moved from Austria over to England five years ago, and that was a big ding thing, yeah. you know. I was going to say, I was, I was going to ask you about <laughs> your sort of Victoria with a K, yeah. C, and, and, then, and, and, and your surname. How, how are you saying that then in Austrian? Erlacher. Erlacher. Yeah. Okay. 
so it's just you know and that was something which was more achievable because it was for the ultimate goal to go to university yeah so people could under get the he- heads around it because they were like oh she's doing it because she goes to university um whereas obviously if i would have done it and said oh i'm just gonna move over because i just want to explore it that's a whole different thing and i think that's what really keeps people from listening to their guts and doing it just society you you don't have an excuse I think that's it the biggest thing like you don't have an excuse you don't have like something a certificate at the end of it whereas you might be learning a lot more than you would do at university okay so where where are you now in terms of your goal of of personally living a little bit more sustainable or I don't know freer for some of the want of a better word because you've just said you don't want to live in a hut off grid completely exactly so I mean my stage is what what is exactly what you want to do I mean I'm uh, so I'm a bit more of a minimalist I have like a minimalist approach to things so what kind of things everything do you have a TV I do have a TV. Yeah, I do could have a laptop. A I could live without a TV, yeah. um, but obviously, you know, I couldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do. You can watch it on your on your phone and on your iPad, but so it is get something. Rid of a phone, you wouldn't get rid of an iPad or a laptop. I might do. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, obviously, I started because I'm, my background is fashion. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I did. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Was get rid of a lot of my clothes and scale it down. And, you know, you have the... the because fashion is a materialistic world. It is. Really. And it's the... The funny thing is, it's the second most polluting industry out there. So it for me... In what way? Like, you know, the first one is oil and the second is um, obviously textiles because of all the energy that goes into it, the landfill that's being created. I I suppose people that work in fashion tend to know a little bit about it. I mean, I I, I try to live, like I said to you before, I was Mm. a chef 
I hate waste, especially like food waste, yeah. because I've seen so much of it. So I'm I'm sort of I'm far more aware of the the, the waste that goes on in the world in terms of food, mm. um, both professionally um, and and in the household. Far more aware of that than I am in terms of the the pollution or the waste or the destructive natures of any other industry mm. fashion obviously included but yeah I that wasn't obvious to me textiles would be sort yeah. of seconds to <laughs> sort of oil and gas maybe mm, definitely and I mean that's that was my starting point I mean that's something that most people kind of start with the wardrobe just scale it down then I scaled all my bathroom products down scaled food down scaled my finances down um and just so when you say you kind of scaled it down to the necessities so starting with your wardrobe yeah so just chucked everything out i didn't wear for the six months with chucking out i don't mean landfill i mean i gave it to friends i sold it on the stuff that you've already stuff that you've already bought yeah how how does that help uh, anything i think for me it is because i don't see any value in it but others do. Right, okay. So giving it to someone who would actually wear it and who would actually be like, oh, I really like it. And when I looked at my wardrobe, the things I really liked were things I was actually given by friends or bought in a charity shop because I felt that is something special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And giving it to someone who actually cares about it or giving it to women's shelters or to charities, I just saw myself, you know, the weight was lifted off me knowing it's gonna end up somewhere where it's actually gonna be used I think everyone's to a degree really got a wardrobe that is full of stuff that they mm. don't wear you know I'm sort of uh, most of the time aware what's come out of the wash and is on top of the ironing pile yeah. or if, if if everything's been washed ironed cleaned and, and stuck in a wardrobe then I'll go to my favourites and yeah I will wear probably the same 10 or 15% of my wardrobe and, the, and then there's a vast amount of stuff that I have just got rid of to, to charity shops and, and stuff like that because it was like I'm kidding myself that that's ever going to fit me again <laughs> I've gone up and down with weight so but it wasn't a case of oh yeah I'm going to scale it like it mm. I, I'd be lying if I said it probably in a couple of years will be back up to being quite a full wardrobe so obviously you've got rid of a, a lot of stuff mm. with no intention of replacing it and going no. shopping and buying not at new all today's stuff no because i mean if any, anyone's wardrobes you know i'm like 23 now i've i've been through my fair share of phases of what i like to look like so i kind of knew what my personal style was and uh what i'm comfortable with what works with my work life but also my private life. Yeah, sure. So I do a lot of hiking. I'm really active in that sense. Okay. So I need functional stuff. So, um, South Downs are my favourites. Nice. Or also back home in Austria. Like the Austria Alps. Austria stunning, yeah. It is stunning. I went skiing last year. Or the year before was Austria. Oh, it was lovely, yeah. yeah. Really, really lovely. But also good in the summer when you go hiking. The mountains, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Like the place <laughs> that we... Uh, that, that, that me and some friends and, and my other half went to, you know, yeah. you see all the advertising for, we'll come back in this, and it's definitely somewhere that it'd be like, yeah, this is equally beautiful and as much to do in the summer as mm. well. So, yeah, I like a bit of hiking. I did the Three Pigs Challenge a while back and I did yeah, done, done Wales uh, a couple of times. Yeah. yeah so I'm with you on that one. 
So you can throw away your hiking gear. No, exactly. But the thing is, like, my hiking gear and my yoga gear is almost identical. And the same... It's almost identical. I mean, obviously, for yoga, you don't need shoes. It's a minimalist dream because you don't need shoes. So, you know, you put on your leggings and that's it. Um, And the same with cycling, you know, spin classes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your wardrobe. You scale back other elements. You said food. Food. See, that's a big one for me. I'm I'm mad into food. Yeah. I'm trying to grow some vegetables or rather my other half is trying to... There's, there's some vegetables you can regrow, and I think it's more of a hobby and a, a fun thing to see if we can. Like I say, I've got. A, I've Have got you got leeks? No, <laughs> she, I, I think she's going to try and do a lot of stuff this weekend. Yeah. Because it's just coming into that plant everything season. It is. Yeah, but I've got my seedlings. Got yeah. Oh, that's good. Which we've started to regrow from old potatoes that started to sprout. So you just sort of peel off the bit that's mm. got the sprout on. Yeah. The eye. Let it, yeah. let it dry out a little bit and then plant it. So we got them on the go. Um, I've got a compost heap that I threw last year, the top of a, um, a parsnip. Yeah. And then this spring, we started to have a little landscape and clear out in the garden and put in a proper vegetable patch. And moving the compost heap, I found this parsnip top <laughs> and it started to regrow. So we planted that to see what's mm-hmm. going to happen with that and carrots as well. So, you know, but it's, it's, I couldn't say that's making a massive difference to, to being more sustainable. I'd have to have a field mm. to make any sort of. Yeah, I mean, I to think feel like I'm making any sort of difference. So for me, it's sort of it's it's a it's a fun hobby, and a, let's have a go at that and see if we can if but we can have one dinner out yeah. of a, a you know a huge great big vegetable patch. That's it. I mean, I'm not going to be self sufficient with like the permaculture garden I'm just starting, but it's just something that kind of the knowledge, the lost knowledge of growing veggies, and then being really excited and. Like you know, you like you said, your parsnip. You just you just realise what can fun. be done. Yeah. You know, it's well, a fun it was, thing. It was a my god, I remember actually throwing yeah. that bloody thing out. And once you grow <laughs> food, you actually value it as well. You kind of like you're less likely to just chuck it away just I, because it's a bit wrinkly. Absolutely. absolutely, I think I definitely agree with you value it and and mm. you, you sort of go as you're washing it. I've, I've grown that, and then mm. I'm getting excited now so you put the seed in I'm going to eat that and and, and I did that but obviously you went to to Lammas I Mm. I don't know how big it is I was aware of it before I come across your website um, but only in as much as a a couple of minutes of video here from other people that may have gone Um, but how does it scale? So basically can someone live a sustainable life? Someone can... Well, the, the, is it really the buzzword here is sustain. You can live sustainable in the city as well because sustainable just means or self sufficient. Uh, like, self- you know, can we grow our yeah. stuff ourselves? Self sufficient. Um, for example, in Lammas, what happened was um, I actually stayed in the farmhouse. So there was an old dairy farm there, and they used to own the whole hill, and they just used to rent it out to a sheep farmer. Um, and he then could actually not live off the hill and off his sheep anymore because uh, just the prices sure. of uh, sustaining that. And he went out of business and they then put 
the land out for you know auction or some and then Lamas came along so and proposed to create a one planet development on it so what a one planet development is is you are allowed to live on a piece of land where you usually wouldn't be able to build a house on but you're only allowed to do it if you can prove that within a time frame you live self-sufficiently off it so that means not just obviously food but also you also have to have some money so you have to have some you know means of income like they're doing the courses mm-hmm. or they, they make their own beauty products or they sell it locally and now there's I believe 12 or 13 families living off that one hill which before not even like traditionally speaking traditional farming methods not even one family could live off So by regenerating the land and uh, doing it by permaculture principles, there were actually... What's that then? So permaculture... uh, I'll say for people listening that don't know, but also for me. Yeah. Uh, So permaculture is... um, Quite briefly, you you could say it's like an organic way of farming, but it's also a revolution in the sense that it kind of wants to connect people, reconnect people to nature and just you instead of looking at the problem and trying to remove the problem you work with it yeah so it kind of it you think in cycles and you think you you build you shape your life around wherever you are so you don't try to change the environment you work with it okay and with which means in wales working with the rain absolutely yeah and obviously you know there's so many things like you know it might be a lot a windy you know windy patch of land what can you do there to make it less windy and re-establish wildlife you you plant a hedge where then you obviously have a shelter uh, for a lot of wildlife to you know have um, get biodiversity going as well so it's just problem solving in the positive way so it's like the you know the optimist way of dealing with problems and you know you know every everyone who had a garden knows how annoying it can be to have pests mm-hmm. and instead of then going in there and just spraying the hell out of it it's finding a you know a home for them maybe yeah. having a sac- um what they call it is like a sacrificial crop which then is being eaten by the pests but therefore they leave your food alone okay and it's just an, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge concept, and it's a huge area that it's quite hard to explain now. But I mean, that's the principle of living in tune with nature and kind of following the the principles that are already out there. Yeah. yeah. So, how else are you taking what you've learned there and, and bringing that in? Because you you still live. Because you're not living in an yep. eco village, and or, or, what's the technical term? I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, they are called an eco village. Yeah. Okay, so yep. smashing. <laughs> well done, there. well done. So, but I mean, people living in an eco village, mm. I guess, from my my perception of what I've seen from from your film, because I'm looking at individuals or maybe small families, and I'm looking at their little garden, and I'm looking and thinking, you know, great for the camera. You've just dug up. A handful of carrots but I'm looking at that handful of carrots and thinking that's maybe one dinner and that's taken a fucking long time to grow 
and I'm looking at the plot line that you've got and I'm thinking that's why they that, can't that do it feed you exactly for a week. yeah I mean what the thing is like that's why they can't do it overnight that's why they're being given a few years and a few seasons to observe the land and well, they can't also do it on their own right it, it sort of works because there's a community so you could say like one Absol- person it's can a grow lot easier Absolutely. and someone else can say right okay on your yeah. little plot of land within our village community you can maybe raise animals or you can grow another vegetable mm. or, I mean with permaculture you know, it's a whole system so everyone does kind of everything but you specialise in obviously certain crops some people might really like to grow rare kinds of edible flowers yeah. others might focus more like you said on like a small dairy um, so it's really people it's a lot easier obviously to do in a community but there are people out there who do it in small families as well in a patch of land but i mean the whole sense of one planet development and going back to basics is also really making connections with people again and learning to work together in a sense of you don't do it for money but you do it as like an exchange system yeah okay I, d- I definitely like that, yeah, like a, mm. an exchange or like bartering and going yeah. back to that. I think getting, talking to you, the, I, obviously I had a, an idea of some of the things that we might talk about and, and, and on the way over I was thinking, we're probably going to talk about how much or how, how doing this kind of way of life might impact on the planet and, and you haven't really discussed that, it seems to be more personal mm. Um, appreciation personal development more than I'm doing it for the planet which is good because I've got to be honest I don't think it makes a massive difference does it In if we all adopted the, the we can't all live on eco villages yeah we're still always going to have big cities and big towns and I can't do enough to feed me and my family on the lands that I've got it's just impossible so if it wasn't for the, the personal satisfaction that I would get from growing the odd carrot and saying that one day in a month I can I, you know, one weekend mm. in, a, in a month I can have a nice feast of things that I've grown myself but the other 29 days in a month I'm back to I think I'm back to living big, exactly yeah. how I normally live like 99.9% of the population so if it wasn't for that personal satisfaction, it's sort of, what's the point? And, yeah. and I mean, I it's like conscious about... consumption, that's a big thing, um, where, the, where you, like you say, oh, you, you don't really feel like you make a difference, you have to buy other veg. I, it's I like then, yeah. like thinking about, well, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have that many supermarkets, we kind of bought in more locally. Now, a lot of people just go into supermarkets and that is something which you know is not necessarily bad supermarkets are doing a thing of getting british produce back in now but because of that development there is a lot of obviously a lot of small scale farms and small scale businesses suffered under mm. that trend and i mean that's something you can easily do in in a city as well to get like a local veg box like i get my veg from a local uh, veg box okay. um and if I am not able so, to do is that, that... Is that local vegetables that have been grown in and around London? Yeah. Or is that a, no, no, it's it's local. just a local supplier? That no, no, it's absolutely... It no, no, no. It's like community grow schemes. Okay. 
So, for example, you've got the biggest one, Sutton Community Farm. Sutton Community Farm. Farm. And they put together a veg box for you. Exactly. And, for example, I did my uh, introduction to permaculture course there as well. So I actually got to see where they grow it, how they grow it. You can visit the farm, you can volunteer. And a lot of it works on a voluntary basis. And because of that, it's not just the food, but it also offers a place for people to go to have a chat to like people that might not you know but might be more on the edge of society and or just feel like they they want to give back and they want to you know they don't have their own garden or they want to learn more about it um and they also do a lot of uh, projects with schools and there is just so much where you think oh it's just a veg box but it really isn't it's a whole community thing yeah, that no, is no, like I, being really don't established. Don't get me wrong, I, I think it makes a massive difference. And, I, and uh, as an ex-restaurant, I always used to buy it as mm. much as I could locally from things, you know, even things like honey. You know, I was yeah. like, if I can use less sugar and I can use honey, but then I can buy honey that, that's produced locally, then that, that's a great thing. And then I actually used to have in the restaurant, you know, sell the honey in jars as well mm. so that I could say well you know I can use the honey and I can buy it but I can also then maybe sell it for you as well because the footfall of my restaurant is far more than than your house where you've got a few hives and, and stuff and that was nice and that was nice to support a local business mm. I don't think that made a shit of difference to the honey that companies sell in Tesco's you know that the honey produced from your but it made a difference to the person who his hobby it was exactly wasn't so it? but that, that's sort of like I said I come yeah. with a, a sort of an idea of how I thought this this would be yeah. I really thought you was going to be the planet needs this that, mm. and, and I was sort of armed with bullshit <laughs> my, my bag for life and me buying a jar of local honey that probably lasts me a month because mm. I don't consume honey, honey you know five days seven days a week or anything like that so a jar of honey that I might have bought for four or five quid is going to last me quite a long time it might yeah. make that guy feel better but essentially that a few homegrown vegetables or locally sourced vegetables me in my home and a bag for life it's not making a massive difference is it really on a planetary scale no not at all and the thing impact. is like that's the thing like when you first when I first got into like oh my god you know what can I do to make any difference you always think about like the big solutions but the thing is that's that's what we were talking about I'm sort of like I'm pleasantly surprised because you're you're, you know you're realistic Mm. you're realistic and and I think you know you've got into it for the right reasons of I'm doing it for me because it makes Mm. me feel good and if it can make a few other people feel good that's great and if other people can see that example and get in I think that's really lovely Mm. Rather than you saying, oh no, if everybody did it, we'll heal our planet. Because I think that's a load of rubbish. Obviously, it's unrealistic. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm angry about it. I'm sad about it. I'm <laughs> yeah. not like pro deforestation and, yeah. and, and, you know, don't bother using bags for life because they don't make a difference. That's but the issue. I'm yeah. getting a bit fed up with people. It's the issue with activism. Yeah. That it's. I, I do know my fair share of activists and the issue is that you have in, in groups you kind of want to achieve something and you want to you know protest against something and make a difference but a lot of the times that is so intimidating and you might you know you might win one battle but you, you'd never win the war in that yeah. sort of thing and then you get like a heavy sense of depression because then it comes back to you seeing like well you know I can't do anything anyway so why bother yeah 
So it's then like what I'm trying to do is just to really focus on the small things in life and like the ones that kind of make every person has got their own story and their own things that they can do. So not everyone will be able to afford four what veg boxes a month. Sure. But just I think it starts with the personal thinking, really. And and, and that's really like I say, it's refreshing mm. to kind of come into this thinking. This conversation is going to be one thing, and actually, it's a different one, and it is a bit more of a personal. Yeah, I'll do this for me, and and I think that's nice because you know I, I probably come off a little bit bad already, but I, I do my recycling. Yeah. Largely because I have to, but then you know the missus is really genuinely you know no we should do that, and then yeah remember those bags for life and mm. the, the canvas bags when we go out to supermarkets or, or wherever because it is better than the plastic and part of me thinks I really love her for that I really think that's great because she takes it seriously and mm. she does it and I think she, and then at the same time I'm sort of it, it doesn't make as much difference because do you know how much of a shit carbon footprint it is every time you see a plane flying over your head and then if you know how many planes are in the sky at any one time over just like America you know, yeah. it's phenomenal you just think my bag for life and growing a carrot or two or a parsnip in my own little compost ain't making a massive difference <laughs> so if everybody did it it still wouldn't make a massive massive difference mm. so for me going back to sort of you've sort of thrown your wardrobe away for nothing if that was your motivation but I'm, I am surprised that that sort of wasn't. No, not at all. You know, <laughs> I, I know it's nice, yeah, you know, yeah. because I've, I've met a few activists that try and tell me that, no, that is the way forward and, you know, we should all drive electric cars and stuff. And I just think it's not realistic because you're never going to get an electric lorry and, you know, the amount of lorries that drive around and they, they're burning up diesel. It's sort of my car and my old little journey around... Mm. The, you know the small Essex town that I, I live in yeah. it, it's going to make no difference whatsoever no difference at all so it, yeah yeah it's, it's really about personal happiness isn't it I mean the whole mindfulness movement and the whole minimalism movement the heart of it is to find you know your personal happiness yeah. and because it is because people are depressed of where they are because a lot of time you just sleepwalk into a situation you're in yeah 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 and then you you have no idea how to get out of it and it seems unrealistic and it, that's the same idea behind sustainability you know people might be just overwhelmed with it and then just not bother sure and that's the whole thing of getting yourself out of a situation and a lot of people i met uh, did suffer previously from mental illnesses and they had a lot of issues and i mean so did i i had depression for years and years until I realised that, you know, only I can change my situation. And that's something I then also applied, you know, to everything I do now. And, you know, I still have days where I'm like, you know, that didn't make a difference at all. No one one listened to that. Or you listen to the news and you're like, well, you know, what, what does my passion about living sustainably gonna do at all in this yeah. lifetime but in but the end it does definitely feel that that's sort of if it can make a, a, a little difference mm. brilliant but that does seem to me after talking to you that that's not the primary goal really is it's, it's uh, an, an inner 
satisfaction. Mm. So, which is lovely, I think. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely. Um, and, and saying I can relate to, um, I, I do deer stalking, and it, the, the meat that I will get from, from harvesting a deer, I, I don't do it enough that I'm gonna replace all of the farmed animals mm. that I consume. But I get an inner, well that's one less, you know, amount of meat that I have to get from mm. a farm. Even if it's like the, the best, most ethical farm, farm that you can get, it's, it's, it's still, still a farm. farm yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not to bash farmers, because I think on, on a large part, especially in this country, on a large part, most of them are, are doing a fantastic job and a difficult job. But, you know, I saw from, from mingling with people that I know in the chef world that then actually do the, the hunts and the, and the deer stalking and mm. stuff like that, that, well, there's an issue of, of breeding numbers and, and stuff and that population of deer needs to be controlled that's just like a fact you know mm. it, it, they need to be controlled and the, the best and most humane way is dispatch with rifle deer stalkers going out and it just fascinated me so I went out and I got qualified so I had to go and sit sort of like a qualification on it and and yeah there is like this internal pride and satisfaction I get when I'm then preparing, and I use like everything. So, mm. and, and mostly because I've already got the skill to do that from my chef days, but yeah, still I get that real internal sense of, of satisfaction. And you connected to the food again. Yeah, that's that's totally. the issue what a lot of people have is that you go in a supermarket and you buy a piece of cheap meat and you, you eat it and that's that. You don't actually value yeah, yeah. that that was a living being and you might and, and, not and have never seen it. And you let things go off in the fridge. Like the amount of yeah. times, and I'm guilty of it, you know, I'll buy you know, a little plastic tray with my purple sprout and broccoli and my monge too and stuff like that mm. and I'll let it go past itself by day not even to the point where I can get away with that, like to the point where that's dead, that's gone. Yeah. And I feel bad throwing it away, but at the same time, not as bad as if I'd have grown it, like because I haven't got that personal connection to it. Yeah. So I, and, and so I definitely, you know, after all I've said that it's not making a massive change, it's like I do definitely get that internal sense of you get an achievement when you've grown something yourself mm. and you get that internal, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like you say when you had uh, depression and, and going out in a garden can yeah. be quite kind of it's really therapeutic and cathartic and, yeah. and, and, and I get that but at the same time it's nice that you're someone that does that that doesn't take it to an activist level that says no, it's going to change the world because I don't think mm. if we all went out deer stalking and, and got our food that's then it's not like sustainable that. to take away farms entirely yeah. and like you said there's not there's not one solution and everyone no. kind of has to find their way we live in a it's, world where yeah. there's one solution for almost any of the world's problems and challenges now and that's sad and it's the thing is and it, I hate yeah. when someone tries to tell me contrary yeah. that so I was gearing up for a little bit of a debate with you, and so you sort, <laughs> oh of, sort of fucked that one for me. That took, I actually oh, took actually, the wind out of yourself. No, it's <laughs> someone that I can sort of I can agree yeah. with because she's doing a little bit, fully understanding that this is for me, mm. not necessarily you know. And if it helps the world a little bit, tiny, tiny, tiny little bit, brilliant, thumbs up. But I'm doing it for me, and and that's sort yeah. of lovely because then other people listening that are probably along the same train of thought that I am, mm. it might then make them go, well, 
I can grow something. So I, what, what would you start off with? If people maybe don't want to throw out their entire wardrobe and they want to get stuck in with you yeah. know, living a bit more of a, a self-sufficient, sustainable... I think choosing where, where you buy stuff from is a huge thing because obviously you still have to consume. Like, I'm still consuming food. I still run out of toothpaste and I have to buy toothpaste. Yeah. But it's then making the conscious de- decisions. Oh, I am not. might not buy it in Tesco. I might make the effort and go to the, the small organic shop around the corner. Okay. Me- might spend a couple quid more, but it might last me longer. And uh, that's the... You know, when you think about consuming, but really, where people should start is, you know, solving their own problems first. Like what? Like life problems. You know, when you're stuck somewhere, you know, in a situation and you feel really unhappy and it makes you miserable, then it's easier to see, like, everything is wrong with the world, you know. Like, I can't make a difference. I can't even sort my own life out. I think it's that is the starting point in like really listening to yourself and like what why do I feel so depressed okay I might not have that much time to do what I like sounds like there's a bit of a story here yeah. in terms of you sound very much like you're, you're speaking like very personal experience mm-hmm. you're 23 yeah um what what what, what went wrong what was bad <laughs> what, what, what put you on the journey then to yeah. say and not only what put you on that journey, but then how was it that this sustainable, mm. what you would say, a better way of, of life, and I agree with that, mm. but, you know, um, who am I to say it is better if, if yeah. it's not for everyone. But what, what brought you to that as the solution to a problem, and what was the problem? I mean, I suppose with a lot of problems, they start in teenage years, don't they? So with me, it was kind of like... I felt like I didn't belong in the sense that I was in a school which was very academic. I'm Is very back creative. Austria? Back in Austria, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was really creative. I didn't really fit into the box. I didn't really fit into, you know, the, I didn't understand things. I always questioned things. And that was my issue there. Is I asked too many questions. I wanted to know why. And there was never obviously an answer. For a lot of things, there was not an answer why are we doing it and that just really frustrated me and I lost interest in certain things and then I was just like you know I was doing a lot of um, mixed media arts I was doing a lot of painting illustration and then I visited England quite a few times and uh, there really the world opened for me and I was like oh my god people actually do art as a living people actually live really freely and have a lot of inspiration um, and for me, it was then just like, then the hole opened because I was like, I'm stuck here, you know, I can't do anything, yeah. you know, and you just feel like, oh, you know, I'm just from a small village in Austria. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, all right, let, before we tell your yeah. entire life story, <laughs> the small village in Austria. Yeah. How small? What, what's it compared to something that you visited maybe in the, in the UK? Like, I'm from um, near South End. Uh, it's, between, like South End, Basildon are probably the two main towns. I'm from a town that's almost exactly halfway between the two. Yeah. Then, how many How many people live there? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Look, I'm not sure how many live in my village now because it's got a bit bigger, but it is, it's very small. There's barely any public transport. Um, you need a car to get around. And then I okay. went to school in a city which is about the size of Brighton. Right. So that was that was a lot nicer. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, so it was but that. Was artsy and cultural. No, no, not back as then. Frightened. No, no. So you being that type of person, there was no exactly. outlet for that creativity. And I didn't see it like now that I've you know moved away and then visit the city again. I all of a sudden see all those amazing creative projects. But where I was back then, I can, couldn't really see past it because I just felt like I spend all my time doing, you know, my A-levels and just trying to tick all the boxes to yeah. make sure it's all right. And then you've got the internet on the other side showing you all the amazing things that could be done. But I just felt really lost because I was just stuck there. How'd you get from here to yeah. here? exactly yeah. and I was like but there's actually nothing wrong in my life it's not like I'm being abused it's not yeah, that I'm no really poor me. like there's nothing like oh god I've got such a middle class life or why am I so worried <laughs> why am I so unhappy you know like I know other people who are like far worse off than me but, but I, I think like depression and, and, and any mental health issue really can come in so many different guises and if you're feeling crap, you're feeling crap. And if mm. you've got a, a, a an underprivileged or a privileged or just a, a middle middle of the just road normal. life, yeah. you know, we can all be affected by a problem. You yeah. Know? yeah I, 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 for the most part of my life, I've, I've been fairly privileged. Mm. There wasn't always a time when I was, but, you know, fortunately for, for most of my life, it's not been too bad. But, yeah, I've been through my fair share of feel really shit and probably mm. don't know why um, yeah and then I mean for me it was then the sense of like finding an outlet and kind of like filling a hole sure. you know trying different things you know doing a lot of partying you know having quite an um, adventurous lifestyle in that sense and you know being out there having yeah. having good time you know um, and then also obviously trying to find another person to fill that hole and sort of like you know that's just a just a spiral down effect of all the different factors sure. that just I mean, yeah, most generally things come. that most people will experience growing up I suppose mm, exactly um, just just a standard thing isn't it by the fact that yeah you, you were probably born in the wrong town you, you, yeah. you felt that there was yeah sank a little bit more you wanted to be creative so mm. so you came over to the UK yeah and uh, that was around my 18th birthday and I kind of saw that as a chance to leave the old me behind yeah. you know like the you know partying every at every opportunity I could I would go to the party but then when I moved here I kind of calmed down and then I got really into upcycling and then I got really into you know like the vegan movement and clean eating and that sort of thing and that kind of just you're led vegan? yeah I'm a vegan yeah. so you go around saying I killed deer didn't sit well with you then I was you know <laughs> it's a personal life choice I'm not here to judge anyone I, I think. love you I love you someone that's going to talk to me about sustainability issues but oh, okay we can fix it just by saying well we can do a bit of it yeah? and you're a vegan that's not going to condemn me for living yeah. the way I live brilliant yeah. and that's kind of when I started to realise the only way I'm going to get out of that hole is doing it myself because sure. I had friends with depression and you know it's hard looking at them when I have a good day and they have a bad day and you know you look at them and you're like that is me yeah. I'm just giving them all the advice but 
they're not going to listen because I know I wouldn't listen to myself if I'd been in that situation. Yeah. So that is just, that was the biggest eye-opening thing for me. It was just like, well, you know, I can do it myself. I think it's like self-empowerment. That's a huge thing for me. It's like, I know that I can do it myself and not relying on anyone to fix something for me. Yeah. Where, where that, that's the idea I had for the, you know, from being 13 till 18, I thought I needed someone to fix my life and I needed someone to be the other part of my life and, you know, make myself feel good again. And then realizing, you know, I can do it. I just moved to a different country on my own. So I organized you needed it to move to a different country? I needed to. Okay. I, I think it was... But why a different country? Why not just a, a bigger town or a more creative town in Austria? If that exists, I yeah. don't know. I've only been to Austria a couple of times. I mean, I've looked around for different unis. I looked around different cities and it didn't feel right to me. I think I needed a whole... I needed a distant... I needed a different culture. Okay. That was a big deal for me to be somewhere where there's a lot of different influences and I mean London is a place where just people go and you know, no one a lot of people are not originally from London they're from all walks from li- of life and um, obviously my first destination was Brighton and you know meeting people there and it was really eye-opening to me just the opportunities sure, whereas yeah, yeah. where I mean now when I go back like you said oh I probably could have done it in Austria but I didn't see it I okay. needed the move to realise okay I'm not idolising the UK I know how the real UK is now because that's okay. a lot of like my, what my family will say now is like oh, you always say the UK was perfect London was perfect you needed to move there because everyone was so much nicer which is obviously in, in London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, in a sense of that, I idolized it, but obviously before I moved, because right. I thought that was the way to go. Whereas now, I obviously know, you know, that's not the case. People are really grumpy in London, um, but just seeing the fact that you know, I I did it, and it was in a sense I knew there's bad days here as well. Um, but that there are people who actually have done similar things to what I've done. That was that was a big thing of seeing like okay, people do it. People move their whole life to a different yeah. country. And yeah, there's a. I love London for that. That mm. it's a, a real melting pot of of, of people and cultures. Um, I think it's, it's almost like no, not many other cities like that. Mm. Or you know, even towns. You know. I do, yeah, I like that about London. Mm. I think that's great. And I can definitely see how that would be um, like a wake-up culture shock. Yep, absolutely. But a positive shock. Yep. You know, people people just talk about uh, it was a real culture shock and immediately you think in the negative, like, oh, my God. But for you, it was almost like, a, oh, my God, like, this is a yeah. real positive wake-up. It was like, oh, life is worth living. Life is, life is amazing, you know. You have so much thing, so many things to do. Yeah. And I think also here, people talk a bit more openly about mental health, and that was something that helped I, me I, a lot. I think starting to, which mm. is brilliant. Mm. But, yeah, not... not like I'm, I'm a bit older than you. I'm, I'm mm. 32. But when I was your age, it wasn't mega open. I wouldn't say that that's a British people or Londoners, they're more open. I think it's a, 
it's a new thing that people over the, you know, it might be a generational sort of, thing yeah. yeah we're just starting to talk about it a bit more mm. which is great you know because it's definitely something that you know needs addressing and uh, that we, we I hear adverts on the radio mm. you know advertising that it's okay to talk about mental health you know there's there's more people celebrities or uh, people on TV talking about it whether it's an advert or a TV programme that just didn't really happen when I was your age so you know it's, it's great that, that that's the case and it's, it, I find it is, is, it's easier to talk about it like mm. when, I, when I started doing this you know I, I've met some people that you know they start telling me the, the problems that they've had or are even currently having mm. you know and I was like oh god that's going to be really difficult if things like that come up and then when they do it's like oh that's yeah. fine isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. you know are you better now yeah. <laughs> you know, or or I can I can relate to some of it you know mm. you know I, I I kind of grew up and and, and weirdly my mum worked in a in a a, a mental hospital and mm-hmm. um, so I always knew what mental illness was because I kind of grew up being aware of that. I lived in the staff houses of this mental hospital, so I could see exactly where she worked. It was there, and we, you know, it was all the be careful when you go out because if they escape, <laughs> which although it was uh, sort of children's legends and stuff like that, mental hospital patients escaping yeah. and terrorising the neighbourhood and, and for the large part probably wasn't true it still brought an awareness of what mental health was mm. but it still wasn't talked about and to the point where I grew up really believing depression doesn't exist it's a state of mind I really grew up thinking you know, I was a real you know you, you can think your way out of things and then it wasn't until like I said last year for a good part of last year and half of the year before, I, I was really genuinely just all depressed, <laughs> which is really weird saying it because I sort of, until I realised I was, I almost didn't believe it existed. I almost thought, you know, it's just a state of mind. You know, if you start to think a bit more positive, you just will. And exactly. it got to the point where I was like, no, I'm just genuinely fucking miserable. And then this came about mm. because it, it, it was just literally like you waking up and, and coming to another country experiencing another culture and then getting into permaculture and, and all the other things that you've done yeah. upcycling and the thing is like it, it's there is never an end to depression because like it, it always creeps up when you kind of stop and that's what I've kind of noticed is like if I don't do what I honestly really want to do yeah. it's there again you know and it might happen you know when I least expect it and then I realised that like why am I feeling that way? Because I'm not doing... Yeah. I'm not honest to myself. And yeah. that's a big thing. It's like, you know, if you're not honest to yourself and you're like, you just you just think you're doing the right thing with your life because yeah. for me, I can only speak obviously for me personally, it's usually when I do things that are expected of me. So when people, when I do something thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I probably should do it because... It's, it looks great. I mean, it's going to, you know, people will think great things about me if I do it. What kind of things are you talking about? Um, I think it's just like generally um, conforming in a sense of hobbies, of, you know, doing normal things in your free time, not doing a permaculture certificate and a permaculture degree or, you know, when 
I'm from a background that's fashion, so people do automatically assume all I do is fashion related. So, and I've tried, I tried doing it for a while, but I realised no, it's not, it's not my my niche. Yeah. My niche. But do you still is, love that? Do you still, do you still love? the fashion industry yeah I mean the thing is like what I love about it is the self-expression again what I don't like about it is the vast consumerism about it and it getting so fast but I know myself it's hard to have a uh, love-hate kind of affiliation to anything but when it's your job or or the industry that you're you're, Mm. for me I I was so passionate about food cooking and and, and being a, a chef and, and that's sort of, for the large part growing up, it's mm. almost one of the only things that I wanted to do. There was a couple of other things that I was like, yeah, I'd like to do that, but I'm not old enough or um, there's, there's a whole host of experiences that I've got to have for university. And so it was sort of like, I'll go in and I'll do the college and I'll go in and get a job and mm. wash pots and work my way up in kitchens. And I loved it. And then sort of, that that's probably why I, I've become a little bit depressed was because I'm not in that industry anymore. But it's not the food or the cooking that I miss, it's actually the people. It's actually like standing shoulder to shoulder with a group of people and, and in restaurants staff turnover is huge. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's always a new waitress, there's always a new barman, there's always a dozen new chefs walking in and out of the kitchens. And it was uh, from all walks of life, especially when you work in London, you know, you're shoulder to shoulder with people from Peru to Japan and, and everywhere in between. And that's doing that for 16 hours a day. Well, you're just talking, you're just you're talking stories from mm. different people growing up, from you know, you know, stories of generation because I would work with people younger than me and older than me, and, and that's the bit that I think I missed. and. I went from working like that to working quite a lot on my own at home. And and that was why I started to get really bummed out. And, it, and I didn't it's know the it. isolation, I didn't isn't really it? know yeah. it until I started listening to podcasts, yeah. until I started hearing stories of, of other people. But they were mainly celebrities and they were people that I can't identify with. These aren't the people that I stood shoulder to shoulder with, talking cod shit and, and everything with mm. as a chef. And it was a, a wake up, like you kind of moving here, it was me going, I'm gonna start this. And I have to say like the last few months has been like the happiest I've ever been, just because I'm back talking to strangers mm. about anything and everything. I think it's great. So yeah, that, that yeah. was me. <laughs> that was me yeah, identifying no, with definitely. and saying, yeah, I totally, totally get That's it. That's it. I mean, it's but the same that, with me when I meet people, you know, uh, through social media who are interested in familiar in similar things, but not necessarily the same. When I sit down and have a conversation with them face to face, yeah, I I get so invigorated by it because I kind of learn so much, and I think that is something I want to focus now more on, just the personal connections and yeah. really talking because that is something. When you're a bit of an introvert like me, it's it w- is quite hard at the beginning, and you know you kind of talk in society what you can talk about, and you know your chit chat, and yeah. it only gets you so far. And that's something I learned on my travels when there was no TV and there was no distractions, so you just sat down and you actually had to talk. That is a skill that I realised I didn't have. I don't. I I think. I mean, I've I've put it out there 
in sort of some of the promo for this is mm. that for the large part I find that it's a skill that a lot of the younger generation I'm sorry to be maybe really uh, what's the word ageist just condescending in general really <laughs> yeah. to, to throw you automatically in the young generation but you know I, I, I sort of think anyone less uh, younger than my brother is, is that's that's the how the, old is your brother uh, 25 okay so he's he's enough younger than me to, that I can see you've had a different life mm. you, you never grew up with no internet you never grew up with the the same sort of challenges and we came from the same parents same upbringing but you've clearly had a different set of challenges to me and my younger sister who's 18 months younger than me or 15 months younger than mm. me so that's sort of that's where I say that's the generation that's only a few years generations used to be a family generation you know grandparents parents children each of those and now it can be as little as seven to ten years you know yeah and, and I think that's great that we've moved to a point where you know things can change that rapid mm. but now I, I sort of I, I talk to people your age and I just think whoa you know you're way more advanced academically for the most part than, than I was at your age when I was and, I, and, I, and not just you but I spoke with another 23 year old 24 year old she's just turned 24 um, and she, she did a podcast like a week before her 24th birthday so she's pretty much exactly the same age as you and I was blown away at how much that generation knows but almost quite a lot don't articulate it because we have these throwaway social media conversations we don't have a sit down like when was the last time you spoke to a stranger for an hour that's it isn't do you it know what yeah. I mean? and i was like that's now bleeding into that that uh that life that your generation mm-hmm. and and people even younger than you and now that's the life that they're born into that wasn't what i was born into but it's now bleeding into like social media is meaning that that lifestyle is bleeding into you know, and soon I am going to start losing that ability to have a, a conversation. Those conversations that I used to love having with, with the people that I used to work with. Mm. You know, will it then bleed into like well, my mum and, and her generation that we start to, the more we have digital, the, the, the digital ways, you know, we're going to just completely lose that ability to properly have a conversation and enjoy people. So it's interesting that you sort of brought that up, really. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm really interested in because, like like I said, when I travelled around and had those conversations, I I didn't really know what to talk about. Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, I, I am not sure what we can talk about. You know, like you just sit down on a table with four strangers. It's scary. It, it is. It's terrifying. And you know, like, oh, I'm going to be living here for a month. I don't prepare so, this with notes. Like I bought my laptop up. You can see yeah. I just put your name just in case you say anything that I need to... Because I've got a habit of saying, oh, we'll talk about that later and then never do. So yeah. if I say that, I try and write it down now. But mm. yeah. It's I, I terrifying. You know, so I'm like sort of, I'm getting off a channel cross. I don't know who this person is. I have no idea your age. No idea. You yeah. could have been the same age as me. You could have been five years older, you know. Mm. So it's sort of, I don't know who I'm talking to exactly what about like I said I mm. thought you was going to come right at me with <laughs> you've got to live more sustainably um, and you haven't at all so it's been a surprise mm. but that surprise equally as much could be I say it's an hour conversation and mm. you could just give me five minutes and just be yes no answers Yeah. so scary but yeah you were travelling around and finding sitting at a table with 
a few people difficult to, to, to start those conversations? Like the first two days, definitely. And then, and then actually going back, it was a huge shock to not having those conversations, to sitting on, you know, on a table, everyone's on their phone, you know, whilst you're eating and... Where's that? What, back? Back home. So like, you know, when when you're just in a normal life, you know, or you're at work and, you know, everyone is kind of multitasking all the time. And then you start to notice these things being like, oh, really, this is really strange behavior. Yeah. but you don't notice it anymore yeah. and I've fallen back into it as well you know you eat whilst you watch TV and it's just a lot of yeah. noise driving in and that's something obviously like you said oh what do you want to do next or how do you want to live a sustainable life in the city that is something that's kind of like the next steps for me because they seem quite difficult to me being an introvert is going out there talking to people and going out there and like really having a community sense of feel you know and that's something that is kind of on my agenda now yeah just to be a bit more conscious to have conversations whilst I'm eating to do a little bit of networking here and there but not business related but really just passion project yeah, related. yeah I definitely think that yeah we, we, there's so many networking sites for professionals mm. um and or, or that could be used and actually yeah sometimes it's it's, it's quite I almost feel it's quite brave to, to sort of stick on there just want to meet people just want to have a chat I'm not selling anything like, yeah, <laughs> not, not selling anything I don't yeah. I don't need you to give me a job or further advance my career I just yeah. I'm interested in people that might share the same ideas as me or introduce me to new ones I think that's quite a brave thing mm. and actually that's sort of the context for, for people listening, why I'm bringing it up is um, that, that, that's sort of how we met. Exactly. It was on a networking site, that sort of the love child of um, Tinder and LinkedIn. Mm. And um, it, it's, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's a brilliant app. I was really surprised when, I can't even remember how I came across it. It might have been a Facebook advert or something Mine like was that. an Instagram advert actually, yeah. how I found it. And I was like, okay, I'll give that a go. And then it was sort of like, oh yeah, this is this is like Tinder meets LinkedIn. And yeah, most people have put in there, you know, I do this and I'm looking to meet these people. And it was very career driven. Yeah. Um, and I just put in there, I'm doing a podcast if you want to be on it. That's it. And there wasn't a lot of description really. There was almost, there was nothing about me personally. So it was people would contact me if they were generally interested on having a chat with me. And, and I was kind of swiping out, I want to meet that person that just wants to talk about their career and your, your kind of website and everything flagged up and I thought, yeah, meet that person and, and we met and it's sort of, you put yourself out there, mm. I'm putting myself out there, essentially we're two people saying, I haven't got enough real friends in my life, I'd quite <laughs> like to meet some, some people and I just think that's, that's quite a brave thing and, and, and because it's different, it's, mm. it's not... But it is out there. And I think you, the funny thing is... Or do like, a course. Like you yeah. say, go, go and anything. I did my dear stalking course. You've yeah. done permaculture courses. Go and do anything. Go and do anything and go and meet people. That's it. And you kind of, you, you've been put in a situation, you have to introduce yourself and talk about yourself. And you, then that it kind of makes you think who you are as well. Because when you're with your friends group, you don't necessarily talk about yourself or what's really going on. Yeah. Whereas if you yeah, then especially if like you say you've got like this this kind of depression. Yeah. You know, the the thing that might say 
yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. I don't want to meet people and talk about it, but it, it really is probably mm. the best thing. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. I'll put on some links to, uh, I'll put this out on, on uh, Acast, which is, is uh, like you can get the podcast on iTunes and stuff like mm. that. And you said you, you, you know podcasts quite well. Have you heard of Acast? No, I haven't actually. So you get like, <laughs> any time you say something, a link will appear with a link that says, so, you know, the veg boxes, yeah. and I'll put that in there. So, and then if we talk about depression, I always put in some mental health links and stuff like that so people can go, you know, actually I will do a course. You can have a look. Mm. Oh, so, that's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I if, if this can reach out and someone takes something away from it, then, then great. But, it's, it's nice to meet someone that's genuine. I mean, you look really happy. You look like a really happy person. When you said, when you kind of said, yeah, I, you know, so it was, a, it was a depression. It was a mm. general, I really didn't feel great. I mean, how, how severe would you say was, you know, I've met some people that have done some crazy things like near suicide or suicidal depression, which is really sad, mm. but it happens. I mean, what, what sort of I think it was just it was self-destructive behaviour really I mean that was the main thing it was just you said partying quite a couple of times drinking a lot you know you know you smoke you drink sorry mum you know sorry (laughs) I'm not going to tell her mum's going to be shocked at some of the things she'll hear on some of these podcasts yeah I think it was it was just going out there and being you know finding comfort in the wrong things yeah finding comfort in being drunk and meeting people and thinking they're friends yeah you know hanging out with them a lot and then just you know you get in the wrong crowds don't you and it's just then it gets to a point where you don't really know what you want to do anymore you just do it for the sake of it you know and it's a huge thing is like you know, people don't think that alcohol is an addiction or that going out is an addiction, but it really is. And it's because you're bored. And I was yeah. so bored and I was so fed up and it was just getting to a point where I was like, I don't even care anymore, you know. And it got to a low point where I once drank too much and ended up in hospital. Wow. And that was after my 18th birthday. And that was before I moved. Yeah. And that was when I knew I needed to say goodbye to, the, to you know, some influences I had. You kind of got a smile on your face that sort of says, yeah, wow. That was sort of, you recognise that that was stupid. But a sort of real situation at the mm-hmm. same time. You know, it's, you know... I mean, the a thing reflective is, smile. Not yeah, a, not it's a happy like that no, that was me, but it was very much a clearly. Well, I'm glad that's not now. And I'm glad. Uh, to be fair, I'm glad I went through it right. at the age I did, because now I can focus on what I really want to do, and that's that's the main motivation of my life right now. So what what is that? I mean, is it because I've said you're in marketing mm. you've got a website which clearly kind of shows off the fact that you know how to do marketing and a bit of advertising and you know how to show yourself off but I mean you've made a pretty decent film you know it's 20 minutes long but it's sort of it, do you just want to carry on learning about sustainability or do you want to kind of get into documentary filmmaking and bits and pieces and uh, yeah. explore that as, as much as anything else 
my thing is like I don't just want to learn for myself I want to learn to share with people sure. and that's why I kind of chose the um, uh, the medium of documentary filmmaking and filmmaking because that's how I got inspired as well you know you watch YouTube videos and that that's really inspired me to see different ways of life yeah. and I do my fair bit of writing as well but I always felt that visually it's just so much easier to tell a story through documentary filmmaking and obviously the thing I've done with the 20 minute film it was quite an amateur thing I did for the fact that I had to fit it into quite a really tight time frame to do everything to do you know the interviews to meet people because you don't just sit down there and like like on a table and say oh why do you do this you know yeah so you have to get to know them to some expect as well and I did it on a work exchange yeah, scheme yeah like cowboy thing like I'm doing <laughs> I mean I, I had a really limited budget so what I how I financed the whole thing was I worked for it so I gave my time working on the field how long was you there? Um, well one project I was there you know I think it was like four weeks or so wow um, so you work on the field and you really get to know the work that goes into it so you don't just make a film about it yeah you've condensed like, four weeks into yeah, 20 minutes while yeah. I went there for a day and asked some questions exactly and kind of got I mean for example at Lamas I was only able to be there about five days or so just because I didn't have enough time. time yeah exactly but and that's just the thing it's like what I want to do now is continue doing it continue getting to know people hmm. learning about why they chose this lifestyle because I can see a lot of my personal happiness attached to being more sustainable and living a bit more peaceful in that sense you know I mean there's a whole thing of like when you look at a lot of vegans a lot of them used to be you know drug addicts or used to be alcoholics because they find now the cleaner lifestyle is what kind of saved them yeah Um, I'll say a friend of a friend um, she, she she had a a really crazy crazy lifestyle and she's just really gone the complete opposite way you know mm. if, if she was if she was kind of black she's now white she, there was no grey in the middle she's gone from living a really extreme crazy fucked up life to thinking about what she puts in her body on her body in terms of clothing and and skin creams and, and stuff like that but also just about the way you think about things and that, that like you just mentioned it it seems to be a trend that that's pretty much what I've done it was yeah. from one day to another just kind of like flipped a switch really there was yeah. no real long transition period it was really just one day to another whereas like I can't go on like that I'm just destroying myself and destroying my future and you know life is worth living in a sense but I can only do it if I really change my life around big brave bold moves exactly now credit to you credit to you and thank you really you know a lot you know I don't know how easy or difficult it was I don't know how senior you are at your position but you know we've got a little meeting room (laughs) in your work which you know thanks very very much Um, send us some photos of your garden or take them off the blog and I'll put them up and We'll write a little bit to accompany the, the podcast on my website and give people the links and stuff like that to find your your work and that and hopefully if anyone's interested in living a bit more sustainably 
whether or not they think that that might be the route to being a bit happier or they mm. just want to have a go and, and see I just want to have a chat with in, me that's yeah, fine if they're interested in, in growing something or or maybe even if they just say no I haven't got a shit about that but I quite like to film in give me some pointers <laughs> to make make a documentary on on jigsaw puzzles or whatever whatever yeah. their interest is you know then, then they can tap you up and, and have a look at what you do so you know thank you very very much I've really no enjoyed it thank you for coming in yeah Anything else you want to say before I hit the, the stop button? Um, I'm not really sure. God, you're putting me on the spot now. But I think it's just just find your own niche, find follow your own thing. That's it. Perfect. Me again. Hello. Um. Yeah. What? What did everyone think of that? I. 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 Like I say, and everyone. I enjoyed recording them. I always enjoy recording with with people. That one was really tough. Um. Going in really because it it was a really kind of hot muggy afternoon, and I arrived at her office after getting on the tube with all my podcasting gear arriving in in the centre of London in Holborn area and and sitting down quite hot flustered and very much aware that I'm a noob at, at this whole podcasting thing and I've got to sit down and talk to a stranger who I know nothing about other than she made this film about sustainable living didn't really know if that was just out of interest or if she actually lives that kind of life herself so she was really really interesting um to- totally call really welcoming and uh, and answered a good number of questions and and sort of taught me stuff so i hope you know you you got sank out of that as well let me know what you think um you've, you've got all my social media stuff it's all on the website that mrchristopher.com so go on there have a look and uh, let me know what you think um please you know i read out some reviews at the start they make me really happy um i'm gonna read out a couple more um because yeah i've had some like i say if if you rate and review and tell me you know what you think of the show when they pop up um on itunes or if if you sort of send me on facebook or 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 tweet me yeah i really like this episode with so and so then i i send that on to the people that were you know nice enough to be my guest and to be a part of the show and then that makes them feel really good so you know people have said uh, um you know i love listening to this podcast i've been a fan of ella for a while now and it was really great to learn about her and her background so yeah it was one of her fans found the podcast and and yeah it was nice for them to to get a little bit more of an insight into her life so i passed that on to her and that brightens her day so yeah don't forget to to rate and review um subscribe but like i say every time share it please it's really important um I don't do it for anything other than the love of the show and the the people that I, I sit and I have a chat with, they don't do it for, for anything other than I've asked them and they're just really kind and, and good enough to do it um, and, and share their stories. So yeah, share it about if you would, um, copy the links off of my social pages, share it with your friends and your following and um, you know, hopefully it can go around the world um, and yeah, we can, yeah, we we can all share in in the the glory of the everyday and ordinary person um it has gone around the world i've got listeners in new zealand australia 
some Middle Eastern countries that I can't pronounce. Russia, um, all over America. It's, it's, it's mental because this it's only episode eight. We've just done episode eight and it's it's gone around the world already, which really surprised me because I thought it would pretty much not leave Essex and, and my immediate friends and family. So thank you so, so much to to anyone that's listened to it because you're a part of the show. Um, it wouldn't exist without listeners. It's sort of... Uh, it needs to be heard like a, a falling tree in the woods, so to speak. Um, who have I got on next week? Um, yeah, it's the start next week of uh, the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, um, which is cool. I'm really hoping to get up there. Um, but I recorded um, a, a great episode, actually, with someone who I've been a fan of. Um, and yeah we have ordinary and everyday people um, on this show but I was lucky enough to to sort of meet up with someone who I really like his work and he's he's got a show in fact he's got two shows um, going on at, at the Edinburgh Festival he's just done Latitude Festival he's he's an, he's an amazing performer um, and poet and you know like it's been mentioned before I'm a fan of, of poetry but I mean this guy St. Kelsey was pretty much one of the first people I ever saw perform uh, poetry spoken word but he's he's got a new show or a couple of new shows that are amazing and uh, they're one man shows and he, he's doing it up in Edinburgh so if you're going listen to next week's podcast and yeah try and get in early and book some tickets to go and see his show uh, his name's Luke Wright and uh, yeah the links will be in this episode now uh, if you're listening on Acast and yeah we'll, we'll put them up as well obviously where you can get tickets and stuff to his show in next week's episode when you hear his podcast um, it was really really good so I hope you enjoy that I hope you subscribe so that that automatically gets downloaded into your device wherever you get your podcasts so yeah get in touch let me know anything you like really let me know if you think it's good if you think it's bad if i'm doing right if i'm doing wrong it's, it's been two months now so um you you, sh- you should have formed an opinion of me i'd like to hear it um, until next week ta-ta ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.